Welcome to Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we invite people working in a variety of different fields related to aging and hear their stories. Tune in. Either you're considering a career in aging, or want to learn more about aging fields, or simply want to listen to a stimulating conversation, you will find something you like. Find Voices of Aging on the iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guest is Lynn Anderson. Lynn is a member of the University of Minnesota Retirees Association and rep to the University of Minnesota Age-Friendly University chapter. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi, Madeline. You're very welcome. So let's um, start just by having you tell us about the University of Minnesota Retirees Association your involvement in that, and then how you got involved in U of M um, age-friendly university. Certainly. Uh, The U of M Retiree Association, known as UMRA, uh, was incorporated in 1978. There's currently about 600 members from all of the University of Minnesota campuses. And uh, in the U of M's Driven campaign, uh, which ran from 2012 to 2018, uh, U of M retirees contributed $26.9 million um, to the university. So we're strong supporters of the university. Uh, UMRA offers for members programs, presentations, luncheons before COVID. Um, We have clubs and we have lots of volunteer opportunities for members. I had worked at the University of Minnesota for 29 years. um, And then I was Dean of International Ed at UC San Diego for six years, came back to Minnesota was acting Dean of International Ed at Augsburg. And then in 2016, when I was really retired, um, I joined UMRA. I have been uh, the secretary for UMRA for two years from 2018 to 2020, was on the executive committee and the board. And in January of 2019, I started an armchair traveler program um, that's been running uh, for members since then. We were in person and for the last year and a half, we've been online. I also co-chair a family history interest group looking at genealogy with a colleague, Craig Swan, and we started that last October. And I've been a member of the Photo Club, and I volunteer as a health community teacher um, for students in the health sciences. So that's been my involvement. And in spring of 2020, uh, Dr. Rajan Moon contacted UMRA, requesting an UMRA representative to the then AFU working group. I volunteered and UMRA appointed me. And then uh, in September, AFU moved from working group to council and official member of the international AFU. That's wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for that summary. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, what opportunities do you see age-friendly universities bringing to the University of Minnesota um, and even Minnesota as a whole? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question, Madeline. I think it's important that um, AFU help raise awareness of aging issues and resources 
um, create some focus and intentionality around these initiatives and really facilitate the sharing of information, resources, insights, and provide opportunities for involvement. There's lots of organizations around the state and lots of folks within the university working on age-friendly issues, but not um, haven't been collaborating as much as they might. And so I hope that through the Age-Friendly University Council, we can raise awareness and engagement of persons of all ages across the state through private, public, as you say, universities, colleges, and increase the awareness and engagement with age-friendly issues. And I think that's the perfect um, segue. What does age-friendly mean to you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It means to me, Madeline, that there are organizations, universities, colleges, and the state that provide really opportunities across the spectrum of ages, college-age students, you know, through seniors and retirement, and really engages people of all of these different ages with each other, or at least provides that opportunity, not forced, um, but provides that opportunity. That's the positive side. Um, What I also hope happens in terms of attitude is that older people are treated with respect as people with experience, knowledge, and abilities, and not as idiots. Um, I've seen too often how older people are marginalized. They're not addressed by name. We're called dear or sweetie or honey. And my response to that is, well, cupcake. (laughs) Um, But it's just very insulting and dehumanizing. And being marginalized, that is degrading and it's sad. Um, And it's just not the right way to treat anyone. And nobody of any age should be treated like that. And so I really hope that through the age-friendly university initiatives, people gain an awareness that older does not mean stupid, does not mean we don't know what we're doing um, and that, that we're treated with a little bit more respect. So one experience that I had um, that illustrates this notion of not being treated with respect, and unfortunately there are several, um, but one that comes to mind, I'd gone to a, a GI doctor um, to talk about some digestive issues that I was having And um, in the course of the conversation, he was asking questions and I was answering and I was using the correct terminology and um, knew my medical history. And at one point he paused and he said, well, Lynn, he said, you know so much about your health. He said, are you a nurse? And I responded, I said, "Uh, no, actually, I'm a doctor. And he got very flustered. And he started shuffling in his papers. He said, oh, Dr. Anderson, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. And I said, I'm not a doctor. I said, I was a dean. I said, I track my healthcare information. Why do you assume? Because I know what I'm talking about and I'm a female that I'm a nurse. And he had no answer for that, of course. So that's just one example of how it feels to get older and and people assume you're stupid. And if you're not, you must be a nurse. So, and nothing against nurses. Absolutely. Um, I can't tell you how much I relate to that story. Yeah. Um, even as someone in my, in my 20s, um, I have definitely had interactions like that as well. Exactly. Um, you know, as someone pursuing a career in, in healthcare as a woman, that's yep. sometimes the very first assumption that people make. So yep. I totally exactly. understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, it's funny in retrospect. 
And it's just not the right way to treat anyone. Um, nobody of any age should be treated that way. So I also hope that's part of what the Age-Friendly University um, Council can be doing is creating that awareness among, among students who will later be in contact with senior citizens um, about how to treat people with respect. Absolutely. That's such an important point. That's something I'm extremely passionate about as well, uh, making sure the older adults in our community are getting the respect that they deserve. What is your vision for age-friendly universities in the future? What do you think that the council needs to focus on um, any endeavors going forward? Yeah, we, um, we were officially recognized in September um, as an age-friendly university. So it's been about nine months or so. And what we've done thus far is focus on establishing a group of colleagues um, who are sharing what they do, opportunities, resources, including programs and ideas, and then getting the word out on what's available across, across campuses and our communities. And so we, we've learned about what exists within the University of Minnesota, what local and state organizations are doing um, that can help inform our work and be resources for us. Um, and so it's been very much a formative um, first nine months here. What I hope we will do going forward is continuing to work on that, exploring opportunities, gathering more information and sharing that. But I'd also like to see um, AFU develop a plan to tackle a couple of key issues or opportunities each year, and then to publicize those accomplishments. And so move from our information gathering and sharing to really engaging and, and creating something. Fantastic. That's really exciting. And I think just to end things here, do you have any plugs or opportunities that you'd like to share for involvement for University of Minnesota students or just for listeners in general? Sure. Yeah. Great question, Madeline. Um, a couple of things there come to mind. I think that uh, UMRA members uh, would be happy to mentor um, students, whether that's related to research a particular project they're working on, career planning, you know, dealing with the university, tutoring, um, any of that kind of thing. Um, many of our members are, you know, retired deans, faculty members, administrators, academic advisors. There's a great wealth of knowledge there. And I think if students would like a mentor, that would certainly be something that could be arranged. And that might be a great activity for AFU to tackle. I'd be happy to work on that, just connecting students with the kind of mentor that they would be interested in. And so that's one opportunity. Um, in terms of, of students being able to help, I think that, um, for instance, in the family history interest group that I co-chair, um, there are documents that members find about their family members that are in a different language. And if uh, one of the students at the U, one of the U campuses um, had facility in that language and was willing to translate the document or documents, that could be tremendously helpful. And I don't know if, you know, there could be payment, um, there could be, you know, exchange of mentorship for translating ability, um, or maybe there's a faculty member at the U who would offer credit um, in an independent study kind of format for that kind of assistance. Um, also in the family history interest group, there are people who are doing research on their family trees and 
and may get stuck with some of the online opportunities and information and would be willing to hire a student to help them with that. And maybe that's a, a history professor could offer independent um, study credit for that. So I think there's a lot of ways to collaborate and share um, expertise and information back and forth. And I think in whatever career students choose, I would just urge, you know, pay attention to the needs and wants um, and interests of people across the whole age spectrum, because we, if we're lucky, we all get older. Absolutely. Um, and I know for sure that there would be interest, especially for that translation project and mentoring within the medical school, um, which I'm a part of. So I'm excited to, to pass that information along. Thank you so much, Lynn. This has been a wonderful conversation and we're so happy to hear from you today. You're very welcome, Madeline. Thank you for asking me. This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. We are a collaborative networking group for students studying aging across the university. Stay tuned for the next episodes of Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts.